When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Oh my God, look at her. This is a clip from the very first episode of Dawson's Creek. I'm sure you remember it. This was the wildly popular television show that ran on the WB in the late 90s. She's respect, man. She's somebody's mother. I have it on pretty good authority that mothers have excellent sex lives, all right? And the two voices you hear are Pacey and Dawson, two best friends. They are about to start their sophomore year in high school. They live in a fictional town called Cape Side, Massachusetts, and they are working in a video store where they rent VHS tapes. And the woman they are ogling in this clip is about to become their high school English teacher. What is more is that 15-year-old Pacey is going to lose his virginity to her just a few episodes later. I'm Jessica Bennett. And I'm Susie Vanekarum. This is In Retrospect, where each week we delve into a cultural moment from the past that shaped us. And that we just can't stop thinking about. Today we're talking about a teenager's relationship with his much older teacher on Dawson's Creek. But we're also talking about sex in the 90s and how we understood it, as well as the case that was playing out in the background of it all, that of Mary Kay Lacharno. This is Hot for Teacher, part one. So Jess, what made you want to talk about this moment in this week's episode? So I wanted to talk about Dawson's because, one, all of my high school friends were absolutely obsessed with it. We'd have these viewing parties every week in my friend's basement. Her mother was really opposed (laughs) to us watching it, but we persevered. (laughs) But also because the relationship we're going to talk about here, one between student and teacher, is one that, and I know this is a little bit strange, but I totally shipped. Wait, so for the people in the audience who don't know what shipped means? Oh, yeah, shipping. It's a fan term for when you're, like, rooting for a couple. Yeah, yeah. And basically, we thought this relationship and this couple was totally hot. Yeah. I very vaguely remember this storyline. Like, this wasn't the storyline that really stayed with me. Was this something that you really thought about over the years? 
No, and it's actually only been recently that I came back to this. I was thinking back to Dawson's Creek. Maybe it was around the 25th anniversary. And I was like, wait, wasn't there a student-teacher relationship in that? So I went back and I looked, and then I started frantically texting my high school girlfriends to be like, by the way, do you remember that in sophomore year, when we were like 15, 16 years old, we were watching this show obsessively where one of the main characters is sleeping with his teacher? And is that kind of weird? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is I really didn't remember until you told me that this was like a significant storyline. And it's funny because, you know, my job for a number of years was covering the Me Too movement. Yeah. And so, so much about the cultural coverage there was looking back at shows, music, all of these things made in the past that through a modern day lens are actually quite problematic, to use a word (laughs) that I hate. Yeah. But somehow I just completely missed Dawson's in that. I forgot to think about it until recently. Well, because it's actually weirdly not treated like a very meaningful moment. I mean, he loses her virginity to her, but it's not something that's, like, reflected on. Right. And wasn't that kind of nuts? Yeah. So I started digging back into it. I started rewatching Dawson's Creek and really thinking about what that plot line taught us about consent, taught us about yeah. what was okay in terms of student-teacher relationships, and kind of like how that all plays out now, or not plays out, but plays now in our post-Me Too world. Yeah, I mean, I remember that this is an era where I started to become aware of this concept of, like, attractive, older female teachers having relationships with their students. There was, like, the Mary K. Letourneau, and then there was the case that became To Die For, which was that Nicole Kidman movie. So it seemed very much of the cultural moment and very rarely presented as predatory in terms of the woman. Absolutely, and we're going to get to all of that. But I want to just focus a minute on Dawson's and why we're talking about that show. Yeah. Because it was a really big deal back then. And I remember, like not yeah. just with me and my high school friends. It was created by this guy, Kevin Williamson. He's the one who actually grew up near a real life Dawson's Creek. It oh, was wow. a place where the high school kids would go to make out in his town somewhere in the southern. I like think it was when North people Carolina, describe like South a lookout Carolina. point. I exactly. didn't know those were real things. The, oh my we totally had that. You had that? No, mm-hmm. we didn't have Absolutely. I went to boarding school, so we went, oh, yeah. made out in the cemetery. It was really cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> dark. Yeah, dark. We were dark. So Kevin Williamson had made Scream. He had made I Know What You Did Last Summer. Both great movies, honestly. Yeah, so Kevin Williamson was basically this early 2000s teen TV whisperer. And, like, among the shows that he sells that helped define this era is Dawson's Creek, this coming-of-age drama about a group of pretty waspy high school friends It's named for Dawson, who's the main character. And then the other characters are, of course, his best friend Pacey, his maybe love interest Joey, and then the mysterious Jen who's moved from the big city, (laughs) a.k.a. New York. And Dawson's is huge. It quickly becomes the number one show on the WB. And when it premieres in January 1998—this is when I was a sophomore in high school— 6.8 million people, including half of all teenagers who were watching TV that night, tune in to watch Dawson and his pals navigate hormones and friendships in this show. And I actually still remember it aired at 9 p.m. right after Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm not sure that I personally own the soundtrack, but, like, I know every line to every song on that soundtrack. I mean, I remember the theme song. The theme song is very iconic, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember anything else from the soundtrack. You don't remember Sixpence None the Richer, that band? And then the theme song was I Don't Want to Wait by Paula Cole. Yes, that I remember. And fun fact, 
producers originally wanted to have Alanis Morissette, the song Hand in My Pocket, which I actually truly love yeah. as a theme song, but apparently they couldn't get the rights to it. So Dawson's, if I haven't expressed this, is huge. Yeah. Kids are forming watch parties at their high schools. Local newspapers are calling it a cult hit. And importantly, it actually allows the WB to reach this very popular but overlooked at that time and highly coveted audience, which was teen girls. And I feel like this is also coming after the popularity of Beverly Hills 90210. So people are trying to recreate that magic of like a teen hit show. Yes, yes, absolutely. And in rewatching it, it's actually hilarious how heavy-handed it is. Like, Literally everything is framed around sex. Like, I rewatched the first six episodes in preparing for this, and I really was shocked by how much sexual innuendo was in it. I don't remember that at all from watching it the first time. And there was so much innuendo in part because they had to get it past the network. So they would do things like talking about having long fingers. Like, you're supposed to know what that means. And food was described as orgasmic. There's like that weird scene with Katie Holmes, who plays Joey, Dawson's Mm -hmm. best friend, and kind of like a love interest for both characters. And she's like, says it in this sort of creepy way. Way. She's like, it's orgasmic. Yes. And I'm like, what is happening on well, this show? And then later they're talking about masturbation and they're calling it walking the dog. How often do you walk your dog, huh? What time of day? How many times a week? And ultimately, it's then revealed that Dawson actually walks the dog to Katie Kirk's morning news show. Yeah, which is particularly weird because his mom is a news anchor. And our producers used to work for Katie Kirk. And I used to work for Katie Kirk. Sorry, Katie. Yeah, I'm sure that's one of the more disturbing anecdotes. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. To contextualize when this show is coming and and why it made such a splash, let's just tick through a few of the things that were going on at the time in 1990s culture. Yeah. I want you to really smell the Axe body spray <laughs> that emanated in the culture during this time. Was it just Axe body spray? Because I also have a significant memory of Dracar Noir. Ooh. Is that what it was called? Dracar Noir. And Polo Sport. <laughs> oh, and Polo I lo- Sport. I, lo- yeah. I loved Polo I feel like men or, or boys just drowned themselves in that yep. stuff back then. I'm a sophomore when the show comes out in 1998. Like a I sophomore mentioned. in high school. A sophomore in high school. Yeah. It debuts in January okay. of that year, which is the same month that Bill Clinton denies having sexual relations with, quote-unquote, that woman. woman. Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky, which, of course, was not true. He had had sexual relations. This is also the era of Wild Things. Do you remember that movie? (laughs) It's this erotic thriller with a threesome that basically everybody of our generation remembers. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I know and remember about that movie is that Nev Campbell and Denise Richards kiss in it. So there's like this very hot lesbian kiss. Yes. And the other thing that's happening is this whole question around feminism. So Time Magazine has just published this cover story asking, is feminism dead? Along with a poll showing that the majority of American women don't identify as feminists. Every three or four years, there's been another round of declarations of, well, the death of feminism, like the one in Time magazine a few weeks ago, is feminism dead? Uh, All of which are highly ironic in a moment when internationally the women's movement keeps growing. So, Susie, that's a news clip from a feminist convention from around that time where this was all very much top of mind. That's interesting. I kind of remember this, which is this idea that there was like this backlash against using the word. Like, I don't need to say I'm a feminist. Mm -hmm. It's like sort of a version of I don't see color. It's like, no, thanks. Just acknowledge that you think women should have equal rights. Yes. And then when you think about sexual consent, I mean, that was not a word that we even knew what it meant back then. No. And so certainly we weren't thinking about it in the context of Dawson's Creek. I think I did have some understanding of the concept of consent, but not in the way we think about it now. Not sort of like a thing that happened in the moment between two people, but just like a thing that happened 
if you were being raped, if you said no or not, right? Right. And, I mean, for what it's worth, this was before there were widespread consent laws as well. Then there's Mary Kay Letourneau. Oh, yeah. She was a 34-year-old married mother of four who began a relationship with her 12-year-old student. Yeah. She had taught him in the second grade. So creepy. The relationship that began when the boy was just 12 years old resulted in two pregnancies and for Latorno, a seven-year sentence for child rape. I do really remember this because this was one of the first really national cases of a teacher, like an attractive, fairly young teacher having an affair. Female teacher. Female teacher having an affair with an underage student. And I think what I remember so distinctly is there was this real discussion around whether or not it even qualified as a sexual assault because a guy should just be so grateful like how lucky was he like his father was probably high-fiving him because he was able to like pull this hot teacher so I I just remember the time being like so confused by that framing because he was such a little boy I mean he was 12 years old and it actually parallels to Dawson's Creek Dawson's Creek airs in January of 1998 Mary Kay Letourneau is pregnant with her child lover's baby number two It is a story that continues to captivate and perplex many Americans. Incredibly, Mary Kay brought the boy to her home to have sex, the same home she shared with her husband and four children. During that time, they wrote love letters to each other. We obtained one of those letters, and in it she says, I do know that you'll love me forever. And I think that's why this became such a media frenzy, too. Like, it was so salacious in so many ways, but the idea that she's pregnant with his his baby as well. Yeah, I think there was just, like, a lot of chapters to that story. Even if it would have been a media frenzy to start, it just went on and on and on. And I should also note, this is all happening right outside of Seattle, my hometown. Oh, wow. So it's, like, in the ether? It's in the ether, so it's happening in the background. Oh, At wow. the same time, they're watching Dawson's Creek and basically hooking all of these teens like me. And... Let me just paint you a little picture. 90s Seattle. I'm very much more of my so-called life girl. I did love my so-called life. I mean, very much the superior show, but that's not what we're talking about today. So I was sort of like, whatever on Dawson's. It was like these lily white kids in fictional Cape Side, Massachusetts, with their little boats. They, like, ride their little boats to each other. It was definitely a little cheesy. Like, it had a cheesy vibe, but I love cheesy things. Totally. So that wasn't really a problem. Well, and all of my friends were obsessed with it. So, like, if I wanted to hang out, I had to watch this show. So we used to go to my friend Rosie's house. It was on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. She had this big basement. We had a lot of parties there. Lots of Feels like very typical American suburbia. Was there, like, wood paneling? There actually was, but I mean, it wasn't suburban. It was in the city, but there was wood paneling. I, I love think, that. I think, and at one point, the New York Times actually came to her house to oh report God. on the fact that there were these viewing parties going on. It must have been a local correspondent. Like, why was the New York Times That's at so our Seattle, random Seattle viewing Did party? Did it feel like a really big deal? Because I feel like if the New York Times had showed up at my house at that age, I would have thought it was like the biggest deal ever. I don't even remember it happening, to be honest, but. Let's call up my friend Rosie and see what she remembers. In my recollection, that is the Seattle mm-hmm. Times. Mine too, because honestly. how could it be the New York Times? And uh, when we looked it up and realized it was the New York Times, I was like, they can't have come to my parents' basement with the stained pink carpet and actually been there. This is my longtime pal, Rosie Bancroft. We went to middle and high school together in Seattle, and she's now a clinical social worker at a public middle school not unlike ours. 
Okay, so let's start with Rosie. What do you remember about Dawson's Creek? I remember loving Pacey and hating Dawson. I remember it being so verbose. I mean, that is the (laughs) first thing I think of every time is like, teenagers don't talk like this. And we all know teenagers don't talk like this. Uh I think maybe we thought that it was like painting us in a really good light or something (laughs) at the time that we knew all these big words and were analyzing all these things. Mm -hmm. In retrospect, that is not how the world was seeing us. (laughs) So we all watched this together, right? Oh, yeah. So somehow I got the idea that I could invite people over to watch this. And for some reason, my mom agreed, even though we were mostly an OTV household. I'm picturing like 10 kids maybe came. Okay. Seven girls, probably. Describe where we were. We were down in our basement. So you go down this like cement stairwell And maybe my mom came in, maybe my brother came in occasionally and like rolled his eyes at us in a jealous way. And we were kind of all huddled around this couch and kids sitting on the floor. And you had to watch it right when it was airing. I remember us having commentary and then people being like, like, we're going to miss some crucial plot point. And so that New York Times article about these watch parties, it actually quoted your mom. She basically says, like, with a major eye roll, you know, I wouldn't choose it, but they feel strongly about the show, and so I'm letting them watch it. I think she just was of the— It was like alcohol to her. It's like better to do it here than to do it somewhere else. And uh, that is what they included in the article, was like this generational divide about it and how we all were eating up this— insanely unrealistic dribble. So when I was thinking back on this show and texted our high school friend group text chain and was like, by the way, do you remember how in Dawson's Creek Pacey actually sleeps with his teacher? Yeah, my first reaction when you texted that was, really? And then I thought, oh, I guess I have some vague recollection of that. And so I thought it might have been like one episode. But it was like not impactful or something. It did not register or we thought it was cool or maybe that's why I liked Pacey. Ew. And then when I went back and looked it up, I was like, this is A, several episodes long. And B, she is 36 years old. Yeah. Not that that is worse than 22, but it was like a big reach in terms of the storytelling, I feel like. So Susie, I want to just pause Rosie for a second because I think you need a little context about our high school. Okay. We went to a pretty unique school in central Seattle called Garfield. It has a really interesting history. It was an amazing place to go, had an incredible jazz program, all of these things. But also like a lot of underfunded public schools was also kind of a hot mess. I'm just picturing fame, the fame high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love fame. And so for us, that first year that Dawson's Creek aired, at our school, there were multiple student-teacher relationships that had come to light. So when I look back at that and I think about that storyline, and then what is it, six months, nine months later, all of these things start happening at our high school. First thing we find out about is the principal is sleeping with a cheerleader. So that was a male principal. So we could recognize it a little bit better. And then this other teacher had this long investigation about 
sexual abuse of all these young boys that had been going on for a really long time. And we recognized that it was a little bit questionable, but it took us a long time to decide that it reached the bar of like talking to another adult about it or to think that it was worth saying anything about because he was a very popular, well-liked teacher. And I don't know that that was like directly related to Dawson's Creek, but the number of things that we were navigating as 15-year-olds and we had no role models. Well, what's interesting about this is I feel like Everybody has a high school story. In this era, at least, I went to boarding school, as I've said, and we had three incidents I can think of off the top of my head. We had one teacher who was fired for having sex with a student. I remember one day he just, like, disappeared, and then we found out that that's what had happened. There was another story that I don't think ever came out publicly that this very cool girl was having an affair with one of the, like, hot younger teachers. Because I think one thing that's a little complicated at boarding school is you're isolated in the middle of nowhere— You're 16, 17. A lot of the teachers have just come from college. So they're like 22, 23. It's still not good, but it's a little closer in age than the sort of things we're describing here. But there was also a very long affair that was eventually very public between a female teacher and a female student in my year. And I think that was also very weirdly handled because there was a lot of homophobia sort of in the ether. But the teacher was married to a male teacher also on staff. Oh, wow. So it was very scandalous. But none of these things were scandalous to the point of being career-ending for any of the people involved or even becoming national stories. Like, we just expected that there were teacher-student relationships and that was just a thing. I think when it started to get national attention is when it was female teachers and young male students. I think that's so true. And the writer and creator of the show, Kevin Williamson, later said in interviews that this plot was, of course, based on something that happened in his own school. I think the other thing that's interesting is that We're aware of these things as they're happening, but it wasn't really until I started looking back that I really connected all these dots. Oh, definitely. Like, this is happening in my own high school. It's happening in this huge national story right outside of Seattle. It's happening on this TV show, and yet we're not seeing these things as interconnected. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed 
designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon Serum. This next-generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. So Susie... I want to get us back to the moment. Yeah. The clip that we played at the top. Yes. The one with the bad saxophone, <laughs> sexy music. You don't want to wait for our lives to be over before we discuss this. <laughs> oh my God. Look at her. So the show launched in 1998. This was the premiere episode. This show followed a group of teenagers in fictional Cape Side, Massachusetts, a seaside town that is kind of like Martha's Vineyard. Very New England feeling, I remember. So let me just give you a word about the characters. So there's Dawson, who the show is named after. Yeah. He is a wannabe filmmaker. He is obsessed obsessed with with Spielberg. Spielberg. And he is played by James Vanderbeek. Then there's his best friend, Joey, played by Katie Holmes. She was kind of a tomboy. Like, they were just best friends. No but sex, she's like whatever. Stunning, but she's, like, stunning. And okay. then suddenly she's beautiful, yeah. and there's all this tension. Yeah. Then there's Jen, played by Michelle Williams, who's the new girl from New York City. And she's yeah. sort of, like, mysterious and, like, is she not a virgin? And also very pretty. Yes. And like- I mean, they're all very attractive. And then there's Pacey, who's Dawson's best friend and basically an extremely confident 15-year-old, played by Joshua Jackson, who's about to have an affair with his teacher, Miss Jacobs, a.k.a. Tamara. You new in town? Because I haven't seen you in here before. Yes, I am. My name's Tamara. What's yours? Pacey, nice to meet you. It's just the breathiness that gets me every time. I know. Okay, so that clip, let me just describe. Dawson and Pacey are working at the local video store, and in walks this woman. It's kind of hazy in the background. You, of course, have that saxophone playing. Yeah, that, like, sexy saxophone music. She's wearing a white sundress, and she flips her hair and then says she wants to rent a video. And she's, quote, in the mood for romance. I mean, it seems like she should be in the mood for a cold shower. She's very obviously flirting with these children, which is— I mean, yes, that's what it seems like. I mean, but, like, what is happening here? Well, okay, and so what happens next is that Pacey is like, okay, how about a new release? And she replies that, no, she's old school. She's vintage all the way. Another one of those little turns of phrase. And then she asks where she can find, wait for it, The Graduate. Yeah, The Graduate, which 
great film, but also a lot of innuendo in just that choice. Exactly. Oh, and by the way, Pacey in this scene is 15, in case anyone forgot, which means Tamara, the new English teacher at his school, is more than twice his age. She's as like 35 will, yeah, or something. We'll later right? learn that. Yeah. But, you know, still, this is definitely presented as like a meat cute. Before that expression existed, it's one of the primary openers to this series. So what happens next? So basically, a couple of days after they're at the video store, they go to school. And guess what? Tamara, (laughs) Miss Jacobs, is Pacey's English teacher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, she says to him, like, call me Miss Jacobs during school hours. Like they're going to spend a lot of time in not school Exactly, hours. exactly. So, you know, Pacey is totally smitten. He begins flirting with her, pursuing her, and, like, pretty aggressively. Yeah, there's, like, a sort of pretense of resistance, like a very mild resistance there's, from her. Yes, there's a lot of, like, inevitable. we can't, it's wrong. Like, this is over the course of a few episodes, but, like, him saying, sometimes it's right to do the wrong thing. Barf. That kind of dialogue. So they quickly share their first kiss. which we actually see on the (laughs) show. And I want to play you this clip because I feel like it captures so much. Basically, the setup here is that Pacey has decided to crash a date that Tamara has gone on with another teacher at the school, one her age. And this ends in him kind of sheepishly walking home after being rejected along the water, as you do in Cape Side, where, lo and behold, he then somehow runs into Tamara. And so she says, I'm so sorry, He tells her really pretty dramatically, you should be because you're a liar. How can you say you were just renting a movie? Which she she didn't know he existed. Like, what else was she doing? (laughs) So Tamara says, because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And then Pacey, okay, this is what you have to listen to. The truth is you're a well-put-together knockout of a woman who's feeling a little insecure about hitting 40. So when a young Vera boy such as myself flirts with you, you enjoy it. You entice it. You fantasize about what it would be like to be with that young boy on the verge of manhood. Because it helps you stay feeling attractive. Makes the aging process a little more bearable. Well, let me tell you something. You blew it, lady. Because I'm the best sex you'll never have. Okay, and so then the next line is key. So Tamara says back to him, you're wrong about one thing, Pacey. You're not a boy. Okay, that's great because he's like a man. And then she leans in and kisses him. And so this is their first kiss. I mean, can we just go back for a moment? The fact that he says, I'm the best sex you'll never have. Right. Because, like, he's a 15 year old boy who's never had sex. So I'm 100% certain it's not the best sex she'll never or ever have. I mean, awards for writing here, honestly. And (laughs) I would rather die than have sex with a 15 year old boy. (laughs) Well, good. I mean, good. It's on the record. (laughs) Great. So then what happens? Okay. So a few days later, I mean, actually, I don't know how long it is, but within a course of one episode, he will lose his virginity to her. Wow. So we don't actually see them have sex. That probably would have been too raunchy for the network, but it's very clear that they do. In the last minute of episode three, we see them lying down somewhere outdoors. But, They're oh, naked they under a blanket. Outside. They're, like, cuddling. I should note that throughout different points in the show, they do go to lengths to point out that this is illegal. Oh, like so, the characters pointed out. Yes. So at one point, Tamara even says, Quick reminder, this is a felony. She like, probably doesn't say as a it way in to that dissuade him. voice, but it's like sort of a hint to the viewer yeah. that 
at least the filmmakers know that this is not something that is okay. But you're still kind of rooting for it. Well, that's the thing. So, like, none of that really stuck with me. I didn't remember that they said any of those things. The fact that this was taboo made it kind of hot. I was, like, rooting for them. Yeah, I think everybody was. And honestly, it wasn't just us. So I looked back at all these fan message boards from the time, and people were saying things like, I found their relationship to be a model of true love. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, if I could have a relationship like theirs, I would die happy. Wow. Someone compared them to Romeo and Juliet. So there's this real sense that this is like a forbidden romance, a forbidden love affair, not a relationship between a boy and an adult. Like a 35-year-old woman, right? Yep. And that's the thing, too. It's an adult woman, and it's an adult seduction. Now, one of the jokes we had growing up was that, like, all of the actors on this show were basically in their 20s. Like, they were old. Nobody looked—I mean, I think in general in that era, all the teenage characters were played by, By like, adults. So, like, they're talking, like, 20-somethings, not, like, 15-year-olds, which, fine. But this whole thing is painted as very adult. Like, it's sexy. Pacey's the clear aggressor. Yeah. You know, this is the best sex you'll never have. Like, how does he know? He's a child. And he repeats again and again throughout the show how he is an adult capable of making his own decisions. At one point, he says— I may just be 15, but I'm well beyond the age of accountability. But And, like, what is he accountable for? It's like— Well, right. It's like a misunderstanding of accountability, yeah. but also, no, you're literally 15. 15. Okay, so to close this arc. So by episode 3, they have sex, and then by episode 6, they actually get found out. Right. So it's discovered that they're having this affair, and so that Tamara doesn't get in trouble, he, Pacey, claims that he made up the whole thing. Yeah, he's that's like sort of like a heroic moment for him. And she basically has to leave town at that point. So she is moving to Rochester, New York. <laughs> for whatever Beautiful reason. Place to end up. And the last words they say to each other are him, I hope you enjoy Rochester. Mm-hmm. Her, I hope you enjoy high school. Yeah, that's it's a lot. I mean, also, how specific? Why Rochester? Like, why didn't she move back to know. New York? Like bizarre. I know, I know. Maybe she got another teaching job there. Well, I their haven for <laughs> seems where she'll find another high school boy to molest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what do we actually call this? I mean, I think the thing that's hard about this is if it was a male teacher and a female student, we would just say it was a sexual assault. assault. Yeah, I mean that is interesting, and we both sort of keep being like, uh, uh, "Let's pause here. We're going to continue to dissect this awkward language around Casey and Tamara in part two. And there's so much more to talk about. You know, we're going to dive into Mary Kay Letourneau more, that parallel. We're going to talk about Hollywood's obsession with the older woman seductress and so much more. That's in part two, which is already in your feed. This is In Retrospect. Thanks for listening. Is there a cultural moment you can't stop thinking about and want us to explore in a future episode? Email us at inretropod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at inretropod. If you love this podcast, please rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. If you hate it, you can post nasty comments on our Instagram, which we may or may not delete. You can also find us on Instagram at Jessica Bennett and at NYC. Also check out Jessica's books, Feminist Fight Club and This Is 18. In Retrospect is a production of iHeart Podcasts and The Meteor. Lauren Hansen is our supervising producer. Derek Clements is our engineer and sound designer. Sharon Atia is our researcher and associate producer. Our executive producer from The Meteor is Cindy Levy. 
Our executive producers from iHeart are Anna Stumpf and Katrina Norbell. Our artwork is from Pentagram. Additional editing help from Mary Dew and Mike Coscarelli. Sound correction and mastering by Amanda Rose Smith. We are your hosts, Susie Banikaram and Jessica Bennett. We're also executive producers. For even more, check out inretropod.com. See you next week. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey there, parents and teachers. Are you tired of feeling like every day is a battle of wills with your kids? Let me tell you about something that changed the game. Love and Logic. Love and Logic isn't just another parenting or teaching strategy. It's a mindset shift that empowers you to raise responsible, respectful kids while keeping your sanity intact. With Love and Logic, you'll learn practical techniques to set limits with empathy, give your kids the tools they need to make smart choices, and build relationships based on mutual respect and understanding. Love and Logic stands behind their methods with a one-year money-back guarantee. Try it out risk-free. If it doesn't change your life, we'll buy it back. Plus, you can get 10% off with code IHEART10. So if you're ready to say goodbye to power struggles and hello to peaceful, loving relationships with your kids, it's time to give Love and Logic a try. Visit their website or call today. Your sanity will thank you. Love and Logic, because parenting and teaching should be a joy, not a chore. Visit loveandlogic.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.